Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. To be wasting on these phony, trumped-up culture wars. This fake outrage that the right-wing media is peddles to juice their ratings. When it comes to China, Nike remains silent. You do not address police brutality in China. You have no right to get in between a patient and a doctor. Um, you're not a doctor, you're a pharmacist. Ivermectin is not authorized for COVID. So from funding gain-of-function research uh, to treating these puppies with really unimaginable cruelty, uh, I think that whole lot of them uh, need to be cleaned out, and we need to be standing up for the American taxpayer. Welcome back, Valby. Hi. Did you I'm miss back. everybody? I did miss you guys so much, all of you. How was the St. Pauli Even girl you, shift? John. I felt that you were lukewarm about the St. Pauli girl shift last night. You may, not, you. you may not know this, but working in a restaurant kitchen is a lot of hard work. It is. So... It is, I was actually just thinking, Alice, like the last big turn I started to make, the big turn, well, I shouldn't say that, I shouldn't say that, but the last time I went from really fat to like legitimately thin or normal mm-hmm. was helped, in fact, by working in at the Harvard Club, was working at a What's restaurant. Oh, okay. Because I worked during the day mm-hmm. at the hotel as a concierge. And then only had like an hour or so, and then and that I could use that to jog or do whatever. If I even had that much time, then I'd have to head to the Harvard Club, um, and work um a night shift there, and which was uh, all functions, whatever. So I had no time to misbehave. Right. The only thing I could eat was the food they were cooking there, which is which you're we- immediately. Completely sick of and yeah, never and, want and to see It's also again. like really good food. It's beautiful, expensive fish, etc. It was always good. So generally it was healthy and I wasn't eating carbs in anyway. So it forced me into a, a bit of a diet. Um, but I remember that the, there's nothing like being working in uh, food service 
the front or back of the house and or in or dealing with people. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like that. When you get a desk job, which I've had now, for, essentially now for, for like 18 years or whatever, mm-hmm. then you for, that the days of the rush are gone. Right. The old rush at work, like that you used to have when you were in retail too. Mm-hmm. Now I was in retail, just slam, 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 slammed, and then you'd suddenly, finally, whew, the calm of everything, and then in an ideal world, then you could smoke, you know. Yeah, but the great smoke break. But although this does involve some beer, is in this equation, oh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. does help. Although I do think I need to work on shoe choices too, because when I was young, I worked in retail and I wore heels for eight or ten hour shifts. I didn't care. I just, I mean, it didn't hurt me now, like it does. Yeah. But now that I'm old and um, yeah, like standing on a concrete floor for seven hours like my mm-hmm. back is wrecked my knees are wrecked oh yeah i'm just destroyed like oh, no you should like so, i don't i need like the shoes that nurses wear that are like big right. clunky sneakers you, you want, like that's what i need you guys if you have suggestions for shoes that's, that's good when i was working at the back of the house in a kitchen right when, towards the very end of it first at one mm-hmm. point all the, all the kitchen staff turned because this dinkhead chef came in and he decided to be it he wore legitimate clogs mm-hmm. um and so then everybody else switched to clogs and swore they did they were great, but it doesn't seem to me that that's a lot the of te- people technology. swear by Crocs too. Right, and, and then I, I, and I, as, as I was saying, as at towards the end, everybody had switched to Crocs. Yeah, I hate Crocs. I'm not doing it. I don't care if those well, it's are about the best comfort. shoes. It's about comfort, Alice. Who cares? Yeah, but Crocs look so stupid. I can't Who look cares? that stupid. <laughs> You're dressed in a St. Pauli girl outfit, Alice. Heaving bosom it's and not holding dressed, eight beers not what at I'm a time. It's not what I'm dressed in. Um, but I can now make all kinds of uh, hot sandwiches and uh, salads and nachos and wraps and things like that. Um, I did make one pizza the other day. Very nice. And I learned how to use the type of mop bucket that the thing clips on, and there's the handle that does the thing. So, you know, very glamorous stuff. Yeah, we don't have the. And I was telling you, I had my first controversy with the wait staff already. Yeah, well, tell the people very quickly. So, um,. Yeah, so I was like busy making all my like nachos and salads and this stuff and sending stuff out with the ticket and whatever. And um, then they came in and they were like, you're doing a great job. As a matter of fact, you actually made one extra nacho order. There's an extra one here. Like you made too many nachos. And I said, I don't think so because I think I sent all of them out with a ticket and I think they're all accounted for. Like mm-hmm. I made the right number of notches. They were like, no, no, you made an extra. But that's okay. You're doing an awesome job. That's great. And like kind of almost like condescending a little bit. And they're mm-hmm. like, the staff will eat it. It's totally fine. You're doing great. Blah, blah, blah. So five minutes later, of course, a waiter came into the kitchen and was like, we're still waiting on one of our nachos for one of our tables. Ooh. Did you throw somebody under the bus? <laughs> no, I just made the extra nacho, but I felt vindicated. So oh, good. then people knew that I didn't actually screw up. Good. As long as they know that you're a perfect little <laughs> student, just like at the Waldorf school, Alice. There you go. A so, plus for me. <laughs> so, uh, so where do we want to start here? Oh yeah, oh, before we do that, I'm just a, on a. Mm-hmm. I once again, you know how I've got. Um, um, a my lungs have shut down since I've had the CPAP. Mm-hmm. The recalled CPAP that causes <clears throat> cancer now. Well, the first time this happened, I looked and I noticed that the filter was filthy. 
Mm-hmm. And so I got rid of it and changed out the filter. Right. And I had I was supposed to like change out the filter six months earlier. Mm-hmm. So now I've looked. I just looked at the filter last week, and I realized I didn't look at it right. The filter also is fil- filthy again. Oh, okay. I've let it happen twice. So these are just lung infections. Don't you have like a little thing of the filters that you ordered? The kids um, destroyed them and effed them. Okay. Well, do them you up, need to them, order more? Them because they destroy everything. Maybe and, we and you should order more. Okay. Because, but but I do have. I had one left that they haven't destroyed because they have to find my effing CPAP filters, and they need to destroy those too because nothing can be saved. That's fine. Um. So there's my one thing. Okay. <clears throat> So hopefully your wheeze will improve. Right. And then I have a PSA for, for everybody, especially you guys, especially you fat guys. Um, and this is this is a, a lesson I've learned in some ways. I've learned this previously, but never to this scale. As you know, Alice, I've been doing the keto diet. Mm-hmm. Okay. For about a week now. Yeah. And I'm kind of getting into it, especially since I found out I could eat clam sauce. I mean, that's the greatest right. in the world. Yeah, it, uh, it, so, so anyway, I've been actually eating avocados and other stuff, and then, like it's not it's not too bad. Mm-hmm. So this morning I had pork belly left that I had to cook. I did the last hour of my show. I chucked it in the oven. When I was done at two o'clock, it was done. It had been an hour, and it was just beautiful brown, sizzling, lovely. When I took it out of the oven, and because I couldn't be a normal non-fat. <laughs> And not just wait five minutes for it to cool down, which you do anyway to have kind of the meat settle, whatever. Mm-hmm. I tore into it right there and worked through, fought through the pain as it burned my mouth. And I could feel my mouth being burned and, and like the layers just falling off. It was just off. So I could feel it happening. But uh, the pleasure, because mm-hmm. I'm a fat idiot, the pleasure was so much that I couldn't stop. So I had to... <laughs> <laughs> So I just took it and took it and took it in the pain because I had to shove it into my mouth. Mm-hmm. So by the time I finished eating it was the time I should have started to eat it. You know. Right. So that's what I get. So before this show started, I was a little hungry and I thought, oh, great, there's avocados there. And I have the avocado. I open it up. Take a little pit, right? Mm-hmm. And in the little pool that's left, mm-hmm. I fill the in-ground pool in. With hot sauce. With hot sauce. And that hot sauce now gets spackled all over my raw Your third burn. degree burns. <laughs> and once again, I'm eating the avocado and trying to glean pleasure, but also just getting mostly pain. Do you like pain? I don't I don't know, but this is acute because I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> Why? Because I'm, I'm I have I need a Why don't you just psychologist. eat something soothing? No, I have a dream. I don't. I, I think I don't eat. Probably that th- seltzer you have in your hand hurts on it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does. Hi, mine, Cyril. Hi. So, anyway, there's a couple things I want to get to. I want to get to the Melrose Halloween. Oh, shit. <laughs> there's one, sip. Cyril, there's one in my bedroom sip. next to my bed that you can have. You can drink mommy's seltzer. Okay. Thank you. That's good. That's more than a sip at this point. <laughs> okay. Still, still happening. Thank you. Was that good? Okay. I'll be cleaning out the top of the bowl. Um, the reason I don't like them having... A sip, Alice knows, is because a... There's an intense spitback situation. Yes. Oh, it's horrific. We've seen horrific things. So <laughs> so anyway, the Melrose story. Melrose has gone ahead and and declared that they can't have Halloween in the school. Yeah, no. They can have a fall festival. Right. Or spirit day or something like that. 
But they can't be like Halloween themed activities. They can't be like jack o' lanterns and right. witches and pumpkins <clears throat> and ghosts. It, that's because that's not inclusive. Right. So, and I think most of the town is actually, I mean, and they're super progressive, but there's like 850 people so far have signed a petition that they want it undone. And they're having a Halloween costume parade um, in order to like protest it to like celebrate Halloween. Now, the town as a whole hasn't like banned Halloween altogether. It's just in the schools. There's no like classroom Halloween parties, no wearing your costume to school, no like nothing halloween themed because it's not inclusive the holiday itself has religious roots some people don't celebrate it depending on their religion and um you know some people are offended by it so they're they've decided that in the interest of inclusion they're not going to celebrate it in school they can do like a sort of generic fall happy happy festival where they like you know maybe do leaf activities or something but they can't they can't do right but it comes all from the same place Mm -hmm. it comes from the same place they found a way to make it so that somebody they've they've found they've drilled around Mm -hmm. and found a reason to change something that people really like to be involved in. Right. So to quote the superintendent, um, she said, she referenced examples of groups of students who dress up in themed costumes, leaving other students out, or students who don't have the resources for elaborate costumes like other classmates. When one student didn't have a costume, she said a teacher drew them a face on a plate. Even if it's one kid, that's why some groups are marginalized, Kuchenberger said. Because Kuchenberger, how perfect. They aren't the majority culture. There's still lots of other ways for people to celebrate Halloween. Meanwhile, kids who don't participate are candidates to stay home. There are some people who don't celebrate Halloween, Kuchenberger said. That'll mean some kids don't come at all that day. I would wager that those folks in Melrose at this point, because I know there are, um, you know, very serious Christians who don't want to celebrate it at all. Um, You know, myself, I have a problem with some of the more, like, scary costumes like I don't want my kids dressed up like that I think it's weird I think it's odd like one of Sally's friends one year dressed up as like a dead Victorian doll with like zombified makeup I think that's hold on hold on I'm gonna play this for a second um but uh, can I finish my yes, quick, uh, okay. quick thought? But you know, um, you know, I know. By the way, I don't I care about the. Don't. I don't care about that. The, I, I would have no problem if somebody wanted to be the dead Victoria doll. I think it's creepy, and I think it's weird to dress okay. up your child as like a weird okay. dead thing. But Personally. did you want it in but, Halloween? No, I okay. didn't want to end Halloween, okay. and I would expect that the like very serious Christians, the like usually it's like evangelicals that think Halloween is demonic and don't want it. That those are probably few and far between in Melrose. I don't know that it's right, ever actually happened. But there could happened. be possibly a couple. But but, but obviously this is mm-hmm. this is a project. This is what we do now in in white woke towns is we find reasons to end things and to right. to assuage our guilt. Here she says too. Why does it need to happen at school? Why is that a school responsibility as opposed to a community event? Like, why is it my job to teach your children how to celebrate Halloween? It's not my responsibility. Like, well, okay, maybe we can take some other things off your plate, like Indigenous People's Day and stuff. Like, why is that your responsibility? Why is Pride Day your responsibility? Why is Drag Queen Story Hour your responsibility? You make time for a lot of stuff, just depending what you feel like. Oh, totally. Totally. And so people have been attacking the school on Facebook, et cetera, and the the decision Mm -hmm. makers. And so here's something, this is what I think is very interesting and very typical. A friend of mine from the town 
mm-hmm. who I I used to do fat camp with, who I love, who's awesome. She's awesome. She's a cool person. She comes from a working class town, moved into Melrose, is a big uh, overachiever, and just she's just awesome. She's just a right. great, great person. But she's a progressive, though, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't awesome yeah. people are progressives. That's when <clears throat> she posted on the group page. Guys, I understand that some people are angry about this, yada, 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 but let's please not attack schools, the school. Please don't attack the school and the, the people involved in that. Uh, you know, let's find other ways to have uh, fun with it. Um, for instance, one school is doing like everybody wears gray or something. She said, you know what? We're just, one school is doing this thing where everybody will just wear gray. We'll call it like gray day. So that's how they're going to. Sounds talk, fun. Talk about, talk, about, talk about like a Marxist way of, of flattening down everything. Gray. Yeah. gray. Um, so anyway, but I thought it was interesting. And it very much reminds me of what Barack Obama said today. Um, do I have that? I think. Oh, here we go. We don't have time to be wasting on these phony, trumped-up culture wars. This fake outrage that the right-wing media peddles to juice their ratings. And the fact that he's willing to go along with it instead of talking about serious problems. Whatever. So you get it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this forever, including with the Indian stuff in our town, with the Sachem stuff. And we'll get to the Sachem stuff uh, again from Winchester. Right. People, it's, people look at the, the outrage to these Halloween change, whatever, and look at it and say, guys, why are you acting out? Don't act out. Don't act like, out like that, please. Please don't attack people, etc. Without ever looking at the initial crime. Right. You know, they were attacked. You know, it, yeah, you... Yeah, no, they didn't start it. Right. Or the, nothing was organically taking uh, instances of Sachem logos away into the wind. <laughs> you know? Right. It was an aggressive political movement, a cultural movement. Mm-hmm. People were doing... Th- people were making that happen. And they act as if, oh, guys, why are you... No, 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 don't direct You made this into, like, this weird culture right. war battle. It's so weird. We showed up at your kid's children's library with a drag queen to read them a book and now you're like turning this into some kind of culture war well they don't so even start weird. there alice they don't like, even start there they, decide, they start at eyes. they start at why are you attacking the library for something <laughs> they don't attack at the but the drag queen they don't start there you know mm-hmm. and it's so it's such a it's such it's it's uh it, it's damaging is what it is mm-hmm. and it's, it's just wild wild like we're just gonna the the sign, guys. We just think the sign needs to be rethought, which is the to which people react when they said about the Indian sign. Hey, the sign's fine. Don't touch the sign. We like the sign. Then they say, guys, nobody's talking about changing the sign. Nobody's talking. We're not gonna do anything to the sign, guys. Come on, stop saying that. Please calm down. Please calm down. Please kind of. Why are you guys making so much noise? And now they're changing the sign. Right. It's always about the reaction to it. The, you know mm-hmm. what it is? It's this condescending thing that they know. They know what they're going to do because they know so much. They study Ibram X. Kendi and they read all this bright stuff, the 1619 Project, et cetera. Mm-hmm. They're huge progressives. And Melrose has had this for years, has had, you know, uh, I feel bad for being a white person meetings that they go to. All of them are way over-educated. They're credentialed up to the hilt. Mm-hmm. And so they look at this. 
about the signs in the in the logos, etc. In Halloween, and they say, okay, guys, we all know as good progressives that this is offensive and hurtful and and this is hostility. We all we all agree, right? So the problem is we all know, guys, that these idiots in the town, the people who like trick-or-treating the old way and like Red Raiders or or Warriors or, or um, Sachems, we know that those idiots are going to react badly and we know that they can't understand, they can't comprehend our level of intellectual discussion. So we're going to have to do this very carefully, guys. So let's just be very careful as we take their things away, pat them in the head and say, guys, don't make them, guys, don't lash out. Don't lash out. Don't say things. Make it about their behavior, mm-hmm. which well, is, and this is barbaric especially- compared to our behavior, which is very noble. Well, and this is especially rich uh, because Obama was saying this in the context of uh, being in Virginia to support Terry McAuliffe for his gubernatorial campaign. And he's been campaigning specifically on parents being a problem by showing up at school committee meetings and causing trouble and getting arrested. Mm -hmm. Things that were cited in the National School Board Association's letter to the to the DOJ asking them to investigate parents who come to school board meetings, including the arrest of one dad who was there to let the school committee know that under their proposed policy for dealing with transgender students in bathrooms, his daughter had been uh, violated in Mm -hmm. a bathroom by a guy wearing a skirt who was saying he was a girl. Right. And that, that this happened. It's now the, um, the court case was just decided that, uh, he he was in fact found guilty of doing this this kid and his second court case where when they switched his schools to keep it quiet he did it to another kid the second court case is uh still pending the outcome so the parents of both girls have now put out statements and everything and um so that really happened so it's especially rich for you know Obama to come out here and be like, oh, these culture war issues. It's just your kids being raped in the school bathrooms. The Republicans are trying to gin up support for their, like, phony culture wars that aren't really happening. Like, I mean, like, are you aware what's happening in this state literally right now that we're actually fighting about? And it's interesting. The the polls are uh, not looking great for uh terry mcauliffe right now it i don't want to i don't want to win i think but. i don't want to get my hopes up because you know it it was always kind of a long shot with glenn youngkin but um you know a couple of the recent polls in the past few days have them like tied or even in some cases youngkin up by a point or two so it's definitely he's surging at the right time and it's much much closer than terry mcauliffe um wants it to be he tweeted this today a little while ago, actually, like an hour ago. Folks, let's take a step back. Glenn is spending his final days of the campaign focused on banning award-winning books from our schools and silencing the voices of black authors. I know we can read between the lines and see these Trumpian dog whistles for what they truly are. On November 2nd, we must reject these politics of hate and divisiveness, but we can't do it if you don't get out and vote. But meanwhile, like a poll that was just released today shows he's losing parents of K through 12 kids 
by like a margin of I think it's like 56 to 37 Mm. amongst parents because he's been campaigning on parents you don't own your kids they don't belong to you we decide what happens to your kids and everything else I mean the Washington Post put this out as a um, as an op-ed today this is their op-ed parents claim they have the right to shape their kids school curriculum they don't right these two people in the Washington Post, one of whom is Jack Sn- Jack Schneider, who's a scholar of education history, and uh, Jennifer Berkshire, who does a podcast about education policy and politics. So, but they've decided again. It's the same talking points. It's you know this is just something that you know. Republicans are getting parents worked up about that doesn't really matter. They don't really have the right to do anything to it. Parents' rights is turning into this like talking point for the right wing. They're politicizing the schools. But again, like you were saying, the focus is all on the parents' behavior because, you know, the school committees are covering up kids being raped. They're forcing crazy ideologies on kids, forcing them to like sign a compact to reject their whiteness, telling kids that like, being on time is like a white patriarchal behavior and like crazy nuts things. This is like what they're telling kids in school. So it's like they're doing this crazy stuff. They're politicizing it. And then when parents say, um, excuse me, like this is not the way we want this to go. They're like, oh, my gosh, why are you making this all about politics? Why are you so angry? Like with the dad that got arrested at the school committee meeting as he's trying to go there to tell them. Although they already knew and were just lying about it because now we have reporting that they absolutely had been informed in writing about this in the days leading up to this, um, this vote that, you know, that he, he wanted to say in the public record, in the public meeting that his elected officials are at, that, that his, his daughter was assaulted in a bathroom at the school un, under their stupid policy. So, you know, at, the whole thing is so egregious and so crazy. And I think that... You know, I think their tone about it really shows how scared of it they are because it's a message that's working. So they're turning around and saying like, oh, this is just political messaging by the Republicans. They're trying to politicize this. They're trying they're sloganeering. They're just trying to turn it into something, you know, like Obama's saying these phony culture wars like. No, it's not a phony culture war. It's a culture war that you started waging on just people who were minding their own business, doing their thing, trying to live their lives. But, you know. You're right. And it would be nice to get some validation on this. So so a place where I am feeling validated, and this brings the things together. We've been talk- We've talked about Monica Cannon Grants mm-hmm. and talked about the fact that um that she is being investigated now her husband was busted he's being indicted um and he essentially or they essentially have been playing funny with some of the violence in boston money mm-hmm. it's the allegations he's used it to get a loan and whatever so now the great thing is last year at this time i did a podcast on the Winchester School Committee, because they were banning the name Sachems. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm from Winchester. We had the Winchester Sachems. I've got a little towel around here that says Sachems. My starting quarterback letterman jacket I lost around the, <laughs> along <laughs> yes, the way. Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. But anyway, around that time, I uh, discovered, I watched the entire school committee 
uh, debate on getting rid of the sign, the um, mm-hmm. sign. In which case, the driving person behind the 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 meeting was a person named Zena Marchant of the Winchester School. She absolutely wanted those. Um, she wanted the sachems to be changed. Mm-hmm. So now she, Zena Marchant, she's a passionate part part of the National Organization of Women. You know, a member, or whatever. She marched for Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. This is her during that, um, and I knew this is her. Some of Zena Marchant at the time. Um, I want to go back to a statement you made just a little bit ago, and then a statement we received via email about your organization. First of all, this is where she's yelling at an Indian. And Native American, because he's for Sachems. You know, the mm-hmm. people for the name also brought in their own people. But she's going to take him to task. Said that, uh, I, I believe you said that all Natives are referred to as chiefs and sachems. Isn't it in fact that chiefs and sachems are reserved for people who receive that honor within the tribe? Oh, no, I, I think you miss uh, you misheard me because I'm, I'm sure I didn't say that because the um, what I what I was trying to say is uh, the word chief and um, and Sakim or Sachim, uh, however you choose to pronounce it. Um, these are titles. So this is her trying to explain to the Native American what the words mean. Mm-hmm. See, the, this is their clever way of saying, huh, you all guys wanted to be called the Sachems. Why do we want to be called Sachems? Well, because it's a cool Indian warrior. Ha ha, that's not exactly what it means in the definition. So no, you can't. So this is her trying to do that. The word is not sachem. It's actually sakam, according to the tribe that we're referring to. So that the the um, audience is clear on that. It is sakam. I have talked to other good liberals <laughs> who have told me the same thing because I've hired the same consultant, Indian consultant, who mm-hmm. tell them, no, by the way. So this, this is calling the town fools. You've been saying sachems the whole time. It's not even mm-hmm. Sachems, stupids. It's actually Sockums. So there you go. That shows that you didn't really care about the name anyway. It's based on a line. See, it's not even called I mean, that. I haven't researched the exact word Sachem, but I know that there's debate about how a lot of Native American words are pronounced because we don't, they weren't living sure. languages. They were lost languages yes. for a while. For example, Sacagawea, that we grew up and mm-hmm. was called Sacagawea, there's my kids watched this movie about Lewis and Clark and it, they were calling her Sacagawea. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I looked it up and it's actually not that it like changed, but they're not sure because depending like which tribe she identified with, they have two different potential etymologies and they're not sure based on how Lewis and Clark were writing it down, which way it was supposed to be pronounced because we don't have her here to ask her how she says her name. Sure, but what she's doing is playing a game here. Mm -hmm. I know more than you. Right. You don't love the, you don't love the, the team, the word sachems really. You don't. Yeah, I do. No, you don't, because you don't even know what it means. And you don't even know that's not the real word. That's not how you pronounce so, it. Right. So so you don't. So you're not attached. You're attached to a fallacy. That's why we have to change it. And it's it's trying to find an intellectual way to justify her, what is nothing but a punitive action against people. Mm-hmm. You see, see people like that sipping Dunkin' Donuts going down to the Thanksgiving game? No. We're taking that thing away from them. We're going to show them why they're freaking... That's what they do. That's and then when they get upset about it, then we're going to ask them why they're so angry exactly. and complain that they're exactly. starting Here's a culture Here's Zena Marchant right. again. From my own understanding, the 
I can't even say it because so many people have told me how bad it is. The R word, as I refer to it, is as bad as the N word. I don't even know what the R word. The name of the previous name of the Washington football team. Oh, is it? <laughs> yes. That is also apocryphal. The, if you look, <laughs> yeah. NPR itself had an article on how it was Indians who were using redskin as an identifier. Oh, there's still high schools on reservations that are attended by Native American students that use that as a mascot. Yes, it's just, but she she can't even say it because it's stupid. She's a psychotic is what you need to understand. And she can't say. She can't bring she herself can't say, to say. I just haven't hated. I'm unhappy and disgusting person. So I want to take your things from you. But that's what she wants. Here's Zena one more time. Native Americans are not a monolith, so not everybody's going to agree. Well, then leave us alone. Then, <laughs> yeah. you, then so you're why guy. are you forcing them to right. do something why, when you're not even one then, of them? Why are you bringing, paying consultants to say it's not Sachem, it's Sachem, the same consultants who go to every big rich liberal town and shake down guilty white women mostly? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and pretending that that's every Native American voice. And also, here's another thing. I don't give a flying F. If Native Americans don't like using sachems, I don't care. I like the term. I like the term. If you can call, uh, you know, Americans rangers or, um, uh, you know, you can call the team um, the uh, Delta Force or the Navy SEALs or the SEAL, whatever, mm -hmm. attack squads, whatever you want to call them. And that's fine. Who cares? If that's what your school likes and you, you're all for it, and you're for, who cares? Who's getting offended by anything? Nobody maybe if, is. If you call them the Taunton Al-Qaeda's, I could see how maybe that's a little divisive. But still, if you well, want... Well, and generally when you name your mascot after something, it's something you like. Right. Which is, <laughs> I mean, like, also misses the point. The fact that we've <laughs> taken away the praising of Indians because this psycho... Because you don't... You know, put on the uniform that says the name on it unless it's something that you, like, revere and agree with. That's, it's, like, so crazy. Like, at my high school, we were the Minutemen. It wasn't, like, because we didn't like Minutemen. <laughs> like, you're... Right. And Alice, uh, what was the primary reason the Minutemen had to be ready in just minutes to muster and to, um, to be ready to go to battle? Native Americans. Sockums. That's right. <laughs> Indigenous peoples. So my buddy Turtle Boy mm -hmm. wrote about her, and I like this because it validates everything I always just assumed. He says Zena's listed as treasurer for Violence in Boston Inc., which seems to me would put her in a position right now of of interest to the United States Attorney's Office. Which <laughs> no doubt it is. Er. Uh, 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 so uh, her dress uh, is is a different dress than is is registered on the Middlesex County Register of Deeds, um, and it says that they don't own the piece of property that that they're contending they do. According, uh, they've just mis they've misstated their primary dress is what he's saying, but here's the the perfect thing. Here's Turtle Boy's writing. It's unclear. It's, remember, she's good buddies. Black Lives Matter with Monica Ingram. It's unclear why or how she ended up in Winchester, but they became property owners in Stoneham in 2014. This residency in Stoneham became an issue when Zena ran for and was elected to the Winchester School Committee in 2018. But she claims she was living as a nanny in her sister's home in Winchester. Sounds totally believable. 
Uh, once elected, her biggest accomplishment was using the death of George Floyd to get the high school to change its names, which we just totally did, uh, to something that didn't make white people feel as badly about themselves. Despite having no real ties to the community, she was changing it. That's right. She led it, even though she mm-hmm. had just blown in from Stoneham. Um, and prior to that, from like across the country, right? Didn't she relocate to I, I, Stoneham get slash that, yes. maybe Winchester from somewhere totally yep. different? He says, when she ran for office in 2018, she highlighted this in her resume. Here's her resume. After law school, I advocated for migrant workers uh, through the Legal Assistance Foundation and represented an indigenous clients in family law matters. I later served as directions for a county and director of IT for a court system. In both of these roles, I was responsible for technology implementation, including database development, training, and data sharing. Jason and I have two boys attending Lynch Elementary, where I am active with Parents Association. In my position as a board member of the Winchester Special Education Parent Advisory Council, I have worked to strengthen the relationship between parents and their uh, district. Um, says she moved to Winchester from the Chicago area. She has practiced law and worked as director of elections for a county and director of IT for its court system. Locally, she volunteers with the Lynch. Da, 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 da. Says in March, she was honored by the Network for Social Justice as Women's History Month honoree. In her bio, she listed Monica Cannon Grant as one of the three most inspiring people of her life. In 2012, she moved to Massachusetts with her husband and two young sons, eventually settling in Winchester. Yeah, da, 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 da. So her profile brags about how she was able to solicit donations from the Winchester community to go towards Grant's fraudulent nonprofit. Mm-hmm. She continues to deepen her work with violence in Boston. Um, yeah, da, 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 da. Now, um, at some point, he mentions all of the donations that they have mm-hmm. and the fact that that this person, they bought a new house in Winchester in 2020. Well, that's nice for them. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Some people get all the luck. Yeah, and then there's still crowdfunding. Did you see this part of the article too? Gordon Registry, they own, they do own a duplex at twenty in, in Winchester, which they got a four hundred twenty-three thousand dollar mortgage for in twenty twenty. Okay, but did you see the crowdfunding aspect of the Turtle Boy article too? This one slayed me. Uh, Zena Marchant was on um, Facebook crowdfunding for a new dining room set for Monica Cannon Grant. Despite the fact that her husband, Clark Grant, was double dipping as an MBTA employee while collecting pandemic unemployment assistance for 78 consecutive weeks. Zena's post read, Community activist Monica Cannon Grant is in need of a dining set before Thanksgiving to host her family, including her adopted children. I would love to be able to crowdfund to make sure she is able to have her beautiful family around a warm, loving, joyous holiday feast. Please donate and share this fundraiser. Thank you. These people are grifters and psychotics. Yeah. Yeah. So, and she's the treasurer of the organization. So with all the fraud that's going on, he goes on to talk about, I mean, some of their former employees have accused them of fraud and have saying they stole money from them. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. This was a garbage organization. And, you know, thank goodness for people like Turtle Boy who are out there because obviously the parts of the media that haven't been completely gutted for all their employees and payroll and, you know, have staff left to do anything. Like, the Globe still has staff left. Um, but they're, they're not interested in looking at this stuff or following up on this. I mean, I think they did ultimately finally report that, you know, Monica's house was raided, but they didn't uh, 
they didn't go into detail because they they can't report on this stuff because it just makes them oh, look right. bad. And every other organization that's donated to her, I mean, and you know, turtle. Everyone should check out this Turtle Boy article because it's incredible and about you know the white women who really have uh, gotten like way into this with Monica Cannon Grant and how like complicit they are in this. In 2020, Zena brought Monica onto Cambridge Community Television for an episode called Forget the Seat, I Need the Whole Damn Table. Directors Kimberly Sansusi and Emily Shield introduced Zena and Monica for a 90-minute forum designed to get women to do- white women to donate to violence in Boston. According to Sansusi, we get to be in conversation with Monica and Zena and imagine a world where we get to live in a community where black women are the leaders, where those who are the most where those who are the most marginalized move to the front and are centered. How are we as centered. white folks looking centered. to eliminate racism? How will we interrupt the racial inequities in our community? The whole show was a way for Monica to explain to upper middle class white female liberals how they could eliminate racism. Spoiler alert, the answer is to give her money. And uh, Turtle Boy writes, the video is a window into the psychological effect Monica's grift has on liberal white women like this who are consumed with white guilt. It's clear while listening to Zena that she can, what she considers to be friendship is actually a one-way street that ends the moment Zena questions Monica or is no longer useful to her. The entire relationship is based around Zena heaping praise on Monica, which Monica hardly ever reciprocates. Zena said at one point in the interview, no one is able to teach me like Monica about how to be an anti-racist. She is a black mother living in Roxbury, doing the work that all black mothers in these communities are doing. They are fighting for the lives of their children. Monica is likely one of the only black people Zena has ever built a relationship with. She believes her hyperbolic anecdotes and lies are indicative of what the average black person in America is dealing with. This horrifies Zena because she's extremely gullible and it makes her want to do something about it. She goes so far as to call Monica brilliant several times and seems to genuinely believe that um so even though she's like this huge fundraising force behind it she's you know kept monica in the spotlight because that's like what she's trained to do as a white ally is right keep monica cannon grant centered as the black mother and get all these people in, in towns mm-hmm. all the good liberals are in doing Winchester. it I mean, so what is the, I mean, the whole thing about being a white upscale person who's or upper middle class person who's into this is so you can say, count me as somebody who acknowledges uh, omnipresent racism and that it's oppression is happening now. Count me as one of those people. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. So and even if it's like, wow, I've just seen it long face, but I've just seen it. For, it just occurred to me with George Floyd. Just how the inequities have, have happened and how if I was pulled over by the cops, they never would have done that to me. And it was this wonderful, uh, <clears throat> this wonderful, uh, what's that called when it's an over feeling the experience? It's a wonderful experience. It's a fulfilling emotionally experience. Mm-hmm. No, what is it called? Um, I don't know. Sorry, I wasn't listening to you. I was yes, looking I at the article more. What was what's the experience called when you've when you've uh, had an? It's something epiphany. Uh, no catharsis. Catharsis. Yes, cathartic experience. And to say that, mm-hmm. much like the when the when the uh, Me Too happened before that, right? You had like dudes saying, you know what? Looking back at it now, I was a bastard to women. 
I probably should have been more chivalrous and probably you didn't want that extra beer. And I'm sorry to all you ladies. It was a way to not only like humble brag about how cool you were, <laughs> um, but also to say, you know, okay, I, it's my turn in this moment to get to have everything to be about me, to do the cathartic thing and to share it and to now go ahead and praise me and tell me not to beat up myself too bad. I'm really a great guy and whatever. And it's it's just this addiction. And that's what mm -hmm. the people were in Range Rovers were doing. Oh, I I also see it too that it's everywhere that it's terrible too. So can mm -hmm. I mean, this it's effing pathetic. Will you listen to me? I am listening to you. I am. No, now you're listening to me, but now you're not. You're like, what would you like to talk about? I was looking through the article that I was providing, okay. but I was talking over there. So I need somebody over there to be hearing, processing, and then talking back. Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. <sighs> All right. Speaking of relationship red flags. Yeah. Um, Matt Walsh is in another Twitter fight um, because uh, a listener wrote to ask him if it's a red flag that his fiance doesn't want to take his last name. And he said, it's not just a red flag. It's a deal breaker. Men, don't marry women who won't take your name. It's a wall of separation she wants to keep between you. And it won't be the only one. So Michelle Cohen, MD, uh, was very upset that he wrote this. Uh, MD. <laughs> And uh, Michelle Cohen, MD, said that men who obsess over signs that you might not be 100% willing to subsume your identity into theirs are looking for a mommy, not a partner. Hmm? Partner. Um, so here's my feeling on it. Mm -hmm. uh, there, I have no principle. I don't think there's a, there's a reason in the 21st century that it's important that, you know, we, for organizational reasons or whatever that uh that or family reasons that the woman take the last name of the man i do feel that mm -hmm. if you're a woman who doesn't want to and or wants to hyphenate the name that you are bringing a pile of effing issues into the relationship and i would consider it a valid red flag well i think first there's a simple practicality issue which is that it's a lot easier if everybody in your family has the same last name and hyphenated last names are a big pain. They just mm -hmm. are. I, I mean, our kids were talking about a friend of theirs um, who, uh, I shouldn't dox a kid, but has a long first... Dox the kid, Alice. <laughs> Let's change the theme of the show. <laughs> the kid's name is... Don't... Okay. Don't... What? <laughs> you sick? Said <laughs> Anyway, they have a long first name and then two long uh, two long last names hyphenated together. And my kids were saying like, "Oh yeah, so and so always hates it when he has to write his full name on the paper at Imagine. school." It's not enough it's letters terrible. in the alphabet. He's got like X's, V's. He's like a long last name and first name, right? And then like, what are you gonna do when you grow up and you? with the hyphenated name want to marry another person with a hyphenated name are you just going to hyphenate all four together like you can't have exponential multiplication of names over the generations there's a reason we've decided to like cut it back and just use one so i mean i understand like adult women who are like real really known in their profession as with yeah. like a certain last name but that's already like that's a subset of people because that's people who are getting married later in life too i mean like i think you solve a lot of that problem if you get married and you're 20s or so and then you don't have to worry about it because it's not like you have some big like professional career already pinned on a different name right so i mean you can solve that problem if you get married earlier and then you know i 
I don't think there's any reason not to have the same last name. I think, and if you want to pick the other one, like fine. If if somebody doesn't like their last name, so you do can you do have that. a do you have a dead name? I do have a dead name. Yeah, Uh-oh. it's true. It's also called a maiden. Don't say it. Maiden don't, don't, name. Please in don't some say it. Cultures, please don't say it. I am. That's violence towards you. All right, I want to get to um, one moment. Um, why am I not seeing everything? I'm not seeing. Oh, here's a couple of people. By the way, <laughs> uh, East West Hartford is it's like the Winchester, whatever. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a nice liberal town, Range Rovers. You get the whole thing. Um, uh, the news station did a big um, package on the fact that there are easy mask mandates mm-hmm. because like 98.9% of people are vaccinated. The other ones have had it. Nobody's at risk anymore. So and this is West Harford. So they're like, okay, I guess we I guess we won't do masks anymore. This is how the, the, the news package did not go the way it was supposed to. This is how the news package went when they interviewed people. I think we'll still be masking, and we would like it if more places did. But we understand that this is a moment of success, and that things are going down, and that's great for the community. Yep, he'll still be masking, absolutely. They showed him later in the restaurant, and he's just sitting there, eating with the family, no masks. He'll still be walking over. <clears throat> when he goes in, and when he goes to the bathroom, he'll wear it, put his mask on, etc., as if that does a freaking thing. <laughs> <clears throat> still playing the dress-up game. Still playing make-believe. He's, yes, we'll still be masking. Absolutely. Here's another woman. It makes me a little nervous. Here's another woman. I'm a lawyer, and I've had a few clients just in the last week tell me that they've had family members die of COVID, and so it makes me very nervous because I'm worried about the breakthrough cases. Yeah, it probably means you're next, I would think. That's happening. Here's another one. This is my favorite guy of all, Alice. Ready? Mm-hmm. I need you to be listening now. I'm I see listening. you're typing. Okay, what are you typing? I'm trying to see how many people have died of COVID in Connecticut because... It's, it's not very high. Um, the seven day average is three per day. So in two, zero, two, yeah, it's, it's been low. So if she's had people in the last couple of weeks tell her that people have died, she must know like all the people who've had a relative die of COVID in the whole state of Connecticut. So listen, this is my favorite Mm -hmm. guy here. Ready? I do kind of enjoy the mask rule. Um, I like that I haven't had a cold in a year. So, you know, all of that's good as well. He doesn't just enjoy masks, Alice. What does he enjoy? (laughs) Uh, that he hasn't had a cold. No, 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 no. The mask rule. The rule. <laughs> right, right. He does not just that he could just wear a mask. If you're, if you want to be a psychotic, that's fine. Just go wear your mask. <laughs> no, no. I like the rule that you're telling me to do it, and so I have to do it. It's a sense of comfort. Oh man, talk about. Can you imagine? I enjoy that rule that that binds my mouth closed. Thank you. I do that rule. That's a good rule. <laughs> there is. And I didn't have a, a little... cold. I didn't have a cold last year. There... Wait, so every day of this year, while you're breathing <laughs> in that mask, was worth one cold? <laughs> I really hate colds. Okay, I guess so. The funny thing is, Alice, we're at the point now where we're not. All of those people, Connecticut's almost completely <laughs> vaccinated. Okay, right. There's hardly any deaths happening from this, and if there are deaths, are from people who have other things happening. We're at the point now, in. In this situation, mm-hmm. where these people don't seem to understand, them wearing a mask now is exactly the same as them wearing a mask two years ago, which would have been seen as bizarre behavior mm-hmm. in which they would need an orderly to come over and give them pills in a little pleated paper cup that they would have to make sure they take. Don't pretend you're taking it and spit it out. That would make them insane. Now, this insane behavior mm-hmm. is just normal behavior. 
I like the mask. I like it. Didn't have a cold last year. Okay, that's fine. You're a psychotic. That's fine. <laughs> well, right. And you hear people talk about like how they'll, um, you know, see shows from before. Like when I see people hugging on TV shows and crowds without wearing masks, it makes me so uncomfortable. I mean, now they have, now that things have reopened, they have like red states to look at. Like I remember at the Super Bowl in Tampa or wherever that was, like people yeah. were like, oh my goodness, this crowd, is this okay? It makes me so nervous when I look at all the people close together. Like, because we've genuinely given people paranoia now about like being close to other people. It's like made a bunch of people antisocial and weird. That's that fine. They, like, just don't, be. if it's okay if you're antisocial and you just go, go to your sub basement and just go wait to die, that's fine. Don't demand that we get another mask rule. I like the rule. No, not just me. I like the, everybody has the rule. Psychotics. And they, they, now there's this uh, video of a pharmacist, also a psychotic, where this dude goes in and tries to get his ivermectin with his prescription from a doctor for humans to get it. I had a prescription for ivermectin to pick up. I have a, a license. I have a doctor, licensed doctor that prescribed that to me. And that, that's against that's against the law. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You can call the board of pharmacy and call whoever you want. You have no right to get in between a patient and a doctor. You're not a doctor. You're a pharmacist. Ivermectin is not authorized for COVID. It's, it's FDA approved, sir. Not for COVID. It doesn't have to be. It's called. It's, it's a, off-label product. Do you know what that means? I do know what that means. Okay, so then you should know better. No. Yes. You need to research it. You need to research it. F you, dude. It's like only one thing are they are pharmacists saying, no, well, what, are you going to use it for the right thing, right? Then no. No, you're not using it for the well, Trump. what Trump people like to use it for. Well, I hope liberals will like the world that they create when they do this because like what's going to happen when the christian pharmacist won't fill the puberty blockers for the trans kid Oof. you know what's going to happen when the pharmacist won't fill the morning after pill for you when they say nope i don't approve of what you're using it for i don't like Great what point. you're taking it I'm for steal that point and use it tomorrow on the air else you know Thank you so much, everybody. Good to be back talking to you again. You can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod or at Burn Barrel Podcast. Did you want to apologize for not listening to me? I'm so sorry I didn't listen to you. Thank I'll be you. better. Thank you. <laughs> That's my catharsis, honey. Thank you for putting me through that confession reconciliation <laughs> process. I really appreciate it. Uh, you can find us at burnbarrelpodcast.com. Um, you can write us an email, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. You still can't find us on YouTube because of medical misinformation, but we are on Rumble. The word is not Sancho, it's actually Saco. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.